I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 107 of Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. I'm Andy White and I am with... Mr. Kelvin Newman. I'm trying to do a movie voice to make it sound slightly more dramatic there. <laughs> movie but no, voice. It's, it's yeah, Kelvin, that's <laughs> Kelvin, as it always is. Me and Andy with some microphones talking about some good old internet marketing. Excellent. And it's another questions and answers and I have in my hand... Because we had so many questions and answers. Yeah, yeah. Split them into and two keep episodes. them coming, because we love them, because they're the best episodes, I'll tell they you. They are. They are the best episodes. Right, three questions on three pieces of paper, starting with a question from Colin Gray. Uh, hi, Kelvin. I, uh, let's go to the right bit of the, of the email. Um, a question occurs to me as I write this, because he wrote a bit before that wasn't a question. Uh, maybe you could save it for another show if you thought it was good enough to share with everyone else, or would be happy to record it for a future show if you want me to. Hang on, have I got that wrong? Should I not no, have read that cool. bit out? Yeah, no, that's fine. That's all good. He's just given a bit of background. But okay. we decided rather than recording it, we just go with the text yes. one. No editing in this show. But we'll go straight into the question. I often brought my site live before they're really ready, uh, partly through a bit of over-enthusiasm, and uh, partly because I tend to think that uh, the earlier Google gets to see a site and starts by the content the better is this a good idea i know that customers seeing a half finished site isn't the best thing in the world but i don't expect traffic to start hitting my site for a while it's just really up there for search engines perhaps if you could offer some advice on the procedure to go through during the first two to three months of releasing a site that would be really useful well, we sort of talked a little bit in the previous episode about um, what I would do over a three or four month period of an yeah. SEO campaign. But I really wanted to answer Colin's question about um, putting sites live before they're ready. Now, there's definitely some logic to that because if you can get up a good holding page that already has your keywords there, Google will start to see what your what your business is about, what your website is about. And that's quite positive. But he is right to point out that you don't really want someone to see like a you know half half done you know loads of spelling mistakes loads of typos because that impression might well then stick with them especially if it's kind of like a half finished design mm. but i am exactly the same as colin i will and i did this with clockwork pirate the book mm. so if anyone missed that nice little plug here clockworkpirate.com my free book about um, link building but i did that with that so that website was up for a good six months or so beforehand mm. now what 
that had no links pointing to it. It wasn't that well optimized. It got like very little traffic, but that was deliberate because, you know, it didn't bother me because there was nothing on the site that I didn't want anyone to know. But it did mean that when the second I made all the, the push of that site to get it going, you know, when I started tweeting about it, when I did the podcast episode about it, I knew it was already in the search engines because it had been there for a period of time already. So if people typed in Clockwork Pirate, it was there. You know, if they typed in Kelvin's link building book, it was already there. Yeah, so so it's had been indexed by Google, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, so, yeah, Colin's got the right concern there up there. Don't put anything that's going to ruin your reputation before you even start your business. But it can sometimes help to have Google um, there already. But Google will sort of start to appreciate what you're about. So don't use, like, if you've got a domain up and you kind of put something random up there, that's completely unrelated to what the website is ultimately eventually going to be about. That won't help you, you know, mm. put up. So what I would say is put up a really high quality single page website that has a good title tag, good headers, good explanation of what it is you do an email capture form. Definitely. So you can say to people, okay, it's coming soon. If you want to know when we launch, you capture their email address. So mm. you've got that there to give you a bit of a nudge when you do actually launch. But yeah, no harm in putting it up a little bit early. Interesting. I, 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 I think, you know, the days of big launches, I think, are numbered. You know, all of the biggest, most successful websites didn't suddenly, you know, hit the limelight. It was a gradual thing, you know. Yeah. There are a few people using it, then there are a few hundred people using it, then there's a few thousand people, then tens of thousands, and a million, you know. It's a slow progression, and that's the best way to build a website. It's not bang, because if you go bang, your website will break, you know. So mm, it's much, mm. much better to kind of so, be agile in your approach. So presumably with your website, um, is it Clockwork? Pirates. Clockworkpirate.com. Yeah. Uh, just to get that plug in again for, for Kelvin. Yeah, um, nice one, checking the post. Presumably you had some sort of human friendly message on there saying something like, coming soon, the book is going to be out this, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, mine wasn't a perfect example because a lot of what I do isn't, you know, I, I kind of, you know, it's cobbler's shoes. You don't always yeah. do it the best way yourself as you would for a client. Yeah. But yeah, what I did have was a kind of, here is an email capture form if you're interested interested putting your email details but yes. like i say there was very few people that did that in fact actually although i did make a couple of mistakes because a couple of weeks before launching um i actually had the button up because it the thing that was interesting about the book was it was free but you had yes. to pay for it using a tweet now yes, a tweet thingy and now what was interesting is i told andy about the title of the book and then you went off had a look at it and played with the button and it then tweeted out on your twitter account and there was nothing there there was no book there at that point so i don't yeah. know if you spotted that but yeah it was <laughs> a, it, so yeah there are perils to this because what, what was interesting was it was a prime example because then so andy a lot of people who follow the show also, you know follow me follow andy as well i saw that i've written the book we've been talking about it for months so, oh it must really be ready now so like andy sent off a cascade yes, of about yes, five or six people yes yes before i said no yes. no it doesn't come out for another couple of weeks so. i've just i've just bought i've just got downloaded kelvin's book that doesn't exist yet yeah, why you do the same <laughs> so yeah so yeah there are are perils to putting a website um, yes. live a little early but yeah, you know, right. I've, I've had it good and bad next question is from chris baker um, mm-hmm. of last mountain photography uh, you can give us the five or later chris um hi kelvin uh, one for you i think uh, i'm just wondering if you guys think article submission specifically using seo link vine works for link building is it worth 70 dollars us a month Thanks, and I love the show. David Schmidt. Yes, David Schmidt. Chris uh, Baker's the guy in that site of his who emailed it to me, so yes. Oh, I'm David sorry. Schmidt, yeah. Oh, dear. This is from David Schmidt of Last Mountain Photography. Yeah. You can give us a fiver later, David. Yeah, Chris so Baker. It's just my Baker? mate in the company. He's it's one your of mate. Oh, yeah, 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 isn't yeah. it? Sorry, he's someone that works at Site Visibility. <laughs> So yeah, no. In terms of, I'm yeah. sorry, David. Uh, That's David Schmidt of Last Mountain Photography. Cool. Yeah. So to you answer David's, later, David. David's question, um, I've not used Linkvine. Um, I don't really use any of those kind of article s- 
um you know those type of exchanges um like that we do occasionally put some articles up and you know i talk about it in you know in the book as a, a method of doing it but generally i think any kind of quick gap solution you know less than a hundred dollars a month it'll send you super duper seo rankings either overstates its value or is drastically underpriced and please tell me about it because i'm going to go and put all our client websites on it most of these kind of exchange um you know pay money we'll get you lots of articles syndicated just don't work like that now mm. the, the best and all they're going to do is take one article and republish it in lots of different places and you'll find that the the most value you'll get is from the original place it was published the first time once someone else duplicates that you're going to be seeing you know diminishing returns off the back of that so worth exploring kind of article syndication sites like that but the best way is always about trying to understand a website where your your visitors already visit Spend some time building a relationship with the person who runs that website and get in contact with them and offer to write a guest post for them. That's far better than kind of article syndication in that way, shape or form. I've not used LinkVine, but from my little impression that I've had of it in researching it for this, it does seem to be on that slightly spammier end of, um, of, of the equation, as it were. Isn't LinkVine something you drink at ski resorts? I don't know. It's glue vine, isn't it? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Whether you're fondue and you're at Pre Ski. Um, well, I think it's alcoholic. Ah, well, yes. well, in that case, I might be more interested, but no, no. So, <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I've not used that one. Um, but generally, any article syndication, it's all about quality rather than quantity. So you want to be getting quality links from your articles rather than significant volume of links from your articles. Okay, I am now going to move on to the last and final question, which well, last is final, so there you go. Anyway, um, it's a very long one, this. So uh, because I've been speaking quite a lot today and I'm a man, I won't run out of words about two-thirds of the way down. If I do, I, I apologise. I've just actually seen what he's put at the end of this, <laughs> this email, but I'll read well, it anyway. I, I know the guy who uh, sent this in quite well. He's an old school friend of mine, he? so he, yeah, he's playing about with us a This is bit. from Andy Kleeman and uh hope you are well afternoon Kel- kelvin brackets and andy's put me in brackets see well we do yeah. go way back we used to go mountain yeah. but, you know Excellent. i was talking to you before the show started about my tooth problems yes. as it were that i broke a tooth when yes. i was 15 andy was with me to pick pick up was pieces he? of my teeth when i broke so them, if it wasn't so. for andy you wouldn't have those bits of tooth in your mouth well right? if it wasn't for andy and egging me on to do it and then crashing i probably wouldn't have done it no. right okay well let's, let's, let's whiz on hope you are well i've been listening to and enjoying your podcast regularly during my weekly commute for a while now Working as a front-end developer, most of your subjects are in some way related to things I do, though I don't technically work in SEO. I'm sure you're both aware of the buzz, in quotes, around HTML5 at the moment, and imagine you're both aware to some extent of the new HTML uh, HTML elements it includes, such as hgroup, header, nav, section article etc from a technical point of view the html5 spec means that you can and should use multiple h123 tags per page the idea is that each article for example would have an h1 h2 h3 tag and you would likely have multiple articles per page this makes a lot of sense on a blog landing page for example where you would display snippets of your 10 most recent articles each snippet becomes wrapped in an article tag which in turn uses an h1 for the title now to the question. My question is, how does this sit with SEO at present? As traditionally, I understand you should only uh, you should have only had one H1, H2, etc. per page. Do Google and the likes recognize the use of H1 tags within articles and sections of your page? 
would this still uh, would this still see this as trying to cram in keywords to your page? Sorry, I think I misread that, but I think you get the gist of it. Mm. How would Google determine the importance of these? For example, would an H1 in a header or section have a greater value than an H1 in an article? What's the effects, brackets, if any, This uh, is this having on SEO for you? Look forward to hearing your thoughts and keep up the good work, Andy. P.S. You do sometimes sound... Just a little bit camp. <laughs> well, well, yeah, God, there we go. What's your style? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think it's an interesting question. One that, I'll be honest, I'm not absolutely certain of an answer of, but... You've uh, stumped Kelvin. Uh, well, I think, it, I think what we're getting at here is that HTML5 is new, and the rules and the parameters and how that's going to work with SEO are still undetermined at this point in time, because Andy's entirely right that in you know traditional html before html5 the logic goes from an seo point of view you shouldn't have multiple h1s now the way i always like to explain it to people is that you can have one h1 two h2s three h3s and so on and so forth um and i you know as i'm exploring html5 as well i am seeing that you kind of there is this opportunity to have an h1 per you know section as it were now what i would say is it's not entirely clear as yet how Google are going to respond to these. You know, there's not enough HTML5 sites out there. There's not enough HTML5 sites competing against other HTML5 sites to really draw any um, specific definite conclusions. But what I will say is that generally best practice in SEO is very similar to best practice in terms of semantic markup, as it were. So my, my argument would be is, Andy, I'm not absolutely certain of how this is going to wash out and how it's going to pan out in the meantime. But generally speaking, following the best practice of how the semantic markup should be is the approach to go for. So mm. if the HTML5 um, um, you know, system, the verification pattern that they use there suggests that that's how you should do it, that would be the approach that I would recommend by keeping to the kind of... Um, I'm forgetting the word now, but, you know, kind of when something... Ver- verify is not the right word, is it? When it, you kind of you test it and it uh, adheres to the, um, the specification. Validate. Validate, Validate, yeah. Validate is yeah. the word validate so as long as you're validating as much as you possibly can to the you know the parameters of html5 i think that's always going to be beneficial from an seo point of view generally in terms of headers and h1s and all that type of thing um i think there is a temptation in the seo world to overstate the importance of that because you know it makes us feel like you know we're adding value there and i do always recommend it for clients that they don't have multiple h1s when they're using old html because you know it is what we recommend but in the scheme of things you know, it's SEO is all about marginal benefits. There's 10,000 things you can do on any website to make it more SEO friendly. And it's about choosing the ones that have the biggest reward. And what you'll find is as HTML5 rolls out, you know, some of those rules will change from what they were previously. And Andy's right to be questioning them. I'm going to put you on the spot now, Kelvin. Oh, no. HTML5. Yeah. What are the, what are the uh, consequences of HTML5 to the internet marketer? A very broad question, I know. Um, I... I know it hasn't fully yeah, rolled out. I, yeah. The model browsers fully support it. Yeah, still, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm by no means a front-end developer. I'm by no means an HTML person. You know, I can't build a website. I can kind of have a bit of a look under the bonnet and try and understand some of it. So, you know, that's why I'm probably not as, you know, au fait on this as, you know, perhaps Andy and other people who know HTML5 are. But generally, I think it's, uh, it's very interesting because it's going to allow greater flexibility in html documents than you had previously whereas yeah. you might have had to have gone to flash or gone to you know well, yes, something else yes. to, to to make richer applications work and those richer applications required programs that weren't very search friendly so from my perspective it's a good thing because html5 allows you to do a lot more and with simpler 
you know more basic pages from a code point of view you know simpler maybe isn't the right word but you know what i mean like google can understand html5 in a way that they can't understand flash mm. so the fact that html5 is going to reduce the impact of flash from my perspective is a really good thing so internet marketers it's like HTML5 is really good because it allows you to do some really cool things. It's good from an SEO perspective because it's going to make Google understand your website better whilst doing those more exciting things. And generally, it'll just give us a new thing to learn, which I think is always exciting. And that's why, you know, I like internet marketing because every year, every six months, there's something new to learn about. It's funny because I mean, my, my experience of HTML5, limited as it is, has been rather frustrating because I, I was very interested uh, to, to hear that HTML5 might have solved the problem of having to use Flash players mm. when you want to embed some audio in a web page. And, um, you know, I started to look into it because I thought, well, I'll have a play with this, you know, just see what it's like. I started to look into it and it does look like you still have to do a lot of faffing around to get it to work. Oh, yeah, I mean, I think faffing is going to be part of doing web business for, for oh, time yeah. eternity. It's all it? to do with browser incompatibilities, you know, like this browser doesn't support HTML5 properly yet. And because of that, you need to put this in just in case. And then there's a last resort, still fall back to flash and all this sort of malarkey. Yeah, well, I think that's it. It's kind of any kind of new standard is going to mean that there's people who don't adhere to the old, don't adhere to the new standard, which then means, you know, every time IE brings out a new version, it doesn't mean it solves the problem of the old ones. It means you just got one more one to try and sort out in your email <laughs> yeah. marketing, doesn't it? Well, that wraps it for today's show. Uh, thank you very much. I have been Andy White, and my co-host has been Mr. Kelvin Thomas Newman. Oh, your middle name is Thomas. Yeah, so is yeah. so is mine. In, I I'm did Andrew not Thomas know that. No, I, didn't, I didn't know that you were named well, Thomas There we go. Either. That's an interesting, yeah, interesting fact that you've discovered live as we have yes, discovered that yes. we share the same middle name. So I can now honestly say, well, it's goodbye from him. And goodbye from me. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> the two Ronnies. Yeah. Never mind. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two Ronnies. The two Thomases here, yeah. The two Thomases. Yes, so, um, yes, that's it for this week. We will see you next time on Internet, mar- mar- internet Marketing, even. Brought to you by Site Visibility. Goodbye. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links, and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments, and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number... If you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six or one five zero. If you're inside the UK, it's o one two seven three two five six one five zero. And you can leave a voice comment or question, and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 